Tyler Malley isn't realizing his potential, and it's fair to start wondering if he ever will. Vladimir Gutierrez's time in the rotation could be running out, and he needs to convince people now that he belongs. This year's Reds teams may break all the wrong records. We've got all that and more on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds and may the fourth happy Star Wars Day and welcome in. Thanks for taking a respite in your Star Wars movie marathon to come listen to some Reds talk and join in with a discussion about, let's call it the Jar Jar Binks of Major League Baseball. The Cincinnati Reds lost yet again last night. We're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about why that really brings up a lot of questions with Tyler Malley, but hey, Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. Along with our talking about Tyler Malley, we uh, we're going to dig into the player profile of Vladimir Gutierrez and why this year has been so much more of a struggle than we had hoped for Guti. And we look ahead to what we will see when we look back on the 2022 Cincinnati Reds team, but. Steve, first, we are going to talk about Tyler Malley because in the preseason, in in spring training, I was talking about how I really had high expectations for him. This looked like a a year in which he was going to take that next step. He was going to be in the Cy Young conversation. There was even talk about how he had refined a cut fastball and how that was going to be part of everything. And it just hasn't really taken off yet for him, and I'm not sure that it will. You know, the thing with Tyler is we have talked for a long time now about road Mali and home Mali. We have talked about him finding consistency to be considered a number one, number two guy in a rotation. And the fact of the matter is, I think he's regressed on that a little bit. You know, last season when the Reds were on the road and it was Tyler's turn to pitch, you could pretty much pencil it in that he was going to go out there and have an amazing start and that you you felt like the Reds could win that day. But now you just never know what you're going to get. And that's all right if we're talking about a third starter, a fourth starter, a fifth starter. But when you're talking about right now, the pitcher you were hoping was going to carry this rotation and be the leader of this pitching staff with all of the injuries that have hit him, you were looking at Tyler to be the guy. Uh, He's a model of inconsistency, and that's a problem. Yeah, and last night was the quintessential Tyler Malley start that you worry about. And by the way, I forgot to mention today's title sponsor is Blue Nile. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And use the promo code Locked On to get $50 off your $500 order. Um, and Blue Nile aside, uh, Tyler Malley's outing last night was uh, the kind of thing that you really have nightmares about. He started a lot of hitters off with a ball. In fact, uh, I believe it was nine of the 18 hitters he faced. He started them off with a 1-0 count, had way too many pitches per inning, took 31 pitches to get out of the first. And as Matt Wilkes from Reds Content Plus had tweeted out last night, for the last two seasons, Tyler Malley has 
way more first inning pitches than any other pitcher in Major League Baseball. He has 762 first inning pitches over the last two years, just two seasons. And, and, and that's really kind of where he struggled because he was wild in and out of the zone. There's a lot of times where it feels like he is trying to make that perfect two strike, get the guy to chase, get like some kind of pitching ninja gif made out of you type pitch. And because of that, he's walking a lot of people. He's getting to a lot of full counts and he's just continually pushing that pitch. That's the same thing we've been talking about for the last two years for him. And unless he moves past that, and I don't know that he will, and that's the biggest question, then yes, we're talking about a solid number three starter, but that is not what I had envisioned when I looked at Tyler Malley coming into this year. You know what would be interesting to, to find out? Starting pitchers are very methodical in what they do in between starts. They're very methodical in what they do to get ready for a start. There, there's, there's a routine. There's a, a, a preparation that's done the same way every time for every start. And I wonder if in this two-year time period where Tyler has been high in his pitch counts and always seems to struggle in the first inning, I wonder if anywhere along the way, if he has tweaked at all how he gets ready for a game. Because, you know, I wonder if... If part of that is by, you know, the second and third inning, he's finally gotten loose and is ready to groove. Maybe uh, maybe his pregame routine is what we need to be talking about tweaking to, to get him ready. Maybe he needs a simulated first inning before every start just to, um, you know, get himself ready to go. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, that's pure speculation on my part. But, you know, if it if it uh, if he's consistently bad in the first inning, maybe he needs to change what he's doing before the first inning. Yeah, I that's interesting because that is the kind of thing that you would want to say, well, now he's a candidate for an opener. But uh, I think after Luis Sessa's performance, David Bell's probably not going to jump to the idea of an opener anytime soon. Um, but no, when I when I look at Tyler Malley, I, I agree with you. I think there's got to be something there that maybe he needs to look at because the way that his demeanor is in all things, he seems very chill. He seems very calm. And especially like you saw it on the mound last night, whenever David Bell went to bring him out of the game, he was yelling into his glove. Like you could tell something was off with him. And that it's led me to kind of look a little bit deeper into his pitch repertoire. According to baseball savant, his fastballs down a little bit. Now it's not a ton, only one mile an hour, but last year, his average fastball velocity was 94. This year it's 93. The thing that is concerning to me, and I know that velocity is not the most important thing when it comes to a breaking pitch, but his slider is down 3.1 miles per hour on average from last year. And in fact, that was the pitch that Willie Adamas clobbered for a three-run home run that really sealed the game. I know the Reds ended up scoring three runs, but at that point, that grabbed all the momentum from the game. The Brewers held on to that momentum uh, throughout. So I wonder... If there's something going on, it, did he focus too much on that fourth pitch, on adding the cutter? Uh, is he focused too much on other areas of his game? I, I don't necessarily know the answer to that, but it's it's making me question kind of the big picture for Tyler Malley moving forward. It's almost like these pitchers didn't uh, have the ability to get ready before the season started. <laughs> yeah. And that's something that that Chris Welsh said on last night's television broadcast was like, this is where you kind of figure Tyler Malley would take off, would get into a groove and get rolling. And instead, he's looking like more of the same. It almost makes me wonder 
and I understand short and spring training, you didn't want to change your training program too much, but we look at all the injuries and we look at the insanely terrible start for this pitching staff. And I know that hindsight's twenty twenty, but did they do it wrong? Maybe they did. But you know what, Jeff? We did talk about we were going to find positives. And we were going to yes. continue to look for positives. So let's throw in just a few positives from last night's game before we move on into the, the next segment. I'm going to start with Carr family favorite Jeff Hoffman. Came out of the bullpen, <laughs> pitched a clean inning. I think your jersey should be on order already, right? Because we have to give the people what they want. And what they want is you wearing a Jeff Hoffman jersey on the concourses of Great American Ballpark. Also a positive from last night. The one and only Mike Moustakis had not one, but two extra base hits uh he is in the last few games anyway looking a little bit more like the mike moustakas of old at the plate at the plate in the batter's box not in the field (laughs) at the plate he is looking like the mike moustakas of old so uh he's looked much better in that small sample size since he came back from his latest stint on the injured list so there's a couple positives to take away from yet another reds loss last night yeah, he and Tommy Pham were doing their level best to keep the Reds in the ball game because they went back-to-back off Brandon Woodruff, which if you had told me that the Reds were going to score two runs off Brandon Woodruff, I'd have said they were in pretty good position. But Tyler Malley just wasn't pitching very well. And if you'd also told me that Jeff Hoffman and Alexis Diaz continue to be the best thing about the Reds' pitching staff, I'd be like, oh boy, somebody else needs to step up. But here we are. I mean, both those guys pitched phenomenally. Alexis Diaz, man, I really. I'm really liking what I see from him. I'm very intrigued to see if he can keep this. I'm not saying he's going to keep up the old idea of only allowing like one run a month throughout the rest of the season, but I want to see if that fastball can continue to play because he was really fooling some hitters with that fastball that just does what it wants. Mm-hmm. No, I agree completely. And in, in watching that game last night, uh, uh, your your text message thread to me, I think, was a great summary of the red season because it was like, oh, yeah, ah, uh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much the way the season's going. But yeah, you know what, Jeff, I think uh, we're uh, keep looking for the positives. We're going to keep finding them. Exactly. I agree. But going back to our big takeaway when it comes to Tyler Malley, though, I, I think the The idea here is that he's always going to be a solid middle of the rotation pitcher, but I don't think he's got that next level like we were hoping he does. Yeah, I think that's true. Well, will this be Vladimir Gutierrez's last start for the Reds today? We're going to answer that question after we tell you uh, where you can get the answer to what to get that special mom in your life for Mother's Day. Uh, Whether she prefers a statement piece or an everyday subtle elegance, BlueNile.com has fine jewelry options for every mom. Shop high quality classic diamond earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, or gemstone pendant necklaces. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7. They're available via telephone or chat to help you find the memorable gift you're looking for at every budget level. Mark Mother's Day with something enduring. Classic diamond stud earrings, elegant tennis bracelets, birthstone pendants, and so much more on BlueNile.com. This Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Reds listeners can get $50 off a $500 order just by using our exclusive promo podcast code Locked On. That code again is Locked On. Plus, every order is insured 
It ships free and then it arrives in a box that's not going to give away that special surprise. You're not going to be able to tell what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Recaps of Major League Baseball games with analysis from our local experts. We are taking you through the 2022 baseball season like no other network has ever before. The Locked On Now podcast, just like Locked On Reds, is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're following Locked on Reds on all platforms, including YouTube. Uh, Coming up tomorrow, we are going to get you set for the next start from the one and only Hunter Green. Uh, Before we talk about the next start from Hunter Green, Jeff, we've got to talk about the next start from Vladimir Gutierrez. Uh, I think that Vlad is probably pitching for his uh, starting rotation life right now. Uh, You know, I said it last week while you were sunning yourself on a beach somewhere that uh, Reaver San Martin was going to get one more chance and be gone. That has happened. Uh, I think Vladimir is the next guy potentially on the Reds chopping block. Yeah, I agree. And especially when you look at Graham Ashcraft coming up through AAA, I don't necessarily think that they're ready to bring up Graham Ashcraft right now. We continue to hear uh, Nick Kroll and folks in the front office talk about how he is developing a AAA and that is where we want him right now. But I think we're going to see him sooner rather than later. And with that in mind, I mean, you're talking about Luis Castillo coming back. A rotation spot is gone there because he's not coming out unless he's hurt. And then you're talking about a very, very, very terrible start for Vladimir Gutierrez. I mean, when, when it came to the start of this year, we, we talked about two things, right? We talked about him needing to cut down his walk rate a little bit. It wasn't like terrible, but it wasn't great. Maybe cut that down a bit and then bump up the strikeout rate. He's done the opposite. I mean, last year, his walk rate was 9.3, 9.3% of the time. This year, it's doubled. It's 18.1% of the time he's walking guys. And conversely, his strikeout rate has gone from 17% to 13%. So he's done the opposite. And overall, that is not great. No, it's like, you know, our, our good buddy Cam Miller over at Cam Miller Films always posts that animation from the old Riverfront scoreboard days with Walks Will Haunt. And that is that is one of the big problems in Vladimir Gutierrez's game right now. You are absolutely right. When you put guys on base for free, when you allow innings to extend, all you're doing is setting yourself up for failure. And that and that is really what what Vlad has done throughout the 2022 season and in the the sample size that we have for him is he's set himself up not to be successful, but to fail. And if he's going to stick around in this rotation, Jeff, you're absolutely right. The very first thing he has to do is throw strikes and I know that it's hard to ask a guy right now to trust this defense um, outside of <laughs> outside of what Nick Senzel is doing in center field it's really hard to 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 ask a pitcher to trust what's going on because it's a different guy in a different position pretty much every night with the the 4A level team fielding you know taking the field right now because of all the injuries but that's really the key the key is to pitch to a little bit of contact and let the defense get you out of the innings I'll say this. I, I liked seeing the outfield alignment that they had last night. I know TJ Friedel isn't hitting the ball super well, but he was really good at fielding the ball off the wall. He made some good routes to different fly balls that the Brewers had. So right field looks good. Senzel's been looking great defensively. I, we're not going to talk about the bat right now. And then Tommy Pham as well. Like 
Tommy Pham plays every single moment of the game as if he has something to prove. And I absolutely love that about them. So the outfield alignment, I kind of like. Infield-wise, not really sure because you, you got a whole bunch of something or other going on in there. Uh, even Kyle Farmer last night really booted what looked like a routine ground ball to me. So I was, I, I, I'm worried about that infield defense as a whole. But yes, you're absolutely right. Goody has got to have, and you know what? And, and I said that. I think I figured it out, Steve. Um, Vlad is this year. Goody oh. was last year. He's got to be Goody. He can't oh, be Vlad. I am never it's, going to call him that. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Goody is good, Gutierrez, and Vlad is bad. Vlad, is that what you're fun. saying? We're doing bad, bad Vlad. Vlad. Oh my God. Yes. Bad Vlad, good Goody. God. You got it. You you said it, not me. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I want to see more of Goody and less of Vlad. And the problem is when you look at some different metrics that there are, like the expected ERA isn't necessarily the most reliable thing when you're talking about what you can expect from a pitcher. I know it says expected, so like your brain's like, hey, that's what we're expecting. The XFIP which you can find like on fan graphs and stuff like that. Something that our buddies Steve and Matt over at Reds Content Plus use a lot when talking about pitchers is a better predictor. And right now, it's not looking good for Vlad. He's He's got to fix up some stuff because his XFIP is 7.04, which means it's pretty much right in line with where his ERA is. So which, if he yeah, does he's it, not been unlucky. He's just been bad. <laughs> yeah, like that was something we talked about with Tyler Malley before his last start was, oh, he's just been unlucky. Vlad's not been unlucky. Vlad's been bad. And so when you're when you talk about that, he's he's really got to kind of buckle down. I mean, he's not getting anybody to whiff, right? Bottom 10% elite. He's not getting anybody to chase either. So when the ball is in the zone, it's getting hit, and he's giving up a lot of fly balls. We're talking about only uh or we're talking about 60. I wrote I wrote that wrong. It's supposed to be 60% um of the batted balls have been. See, it's nice when you're prepared and you write down things. Yeah, you have to like, put I'm the right really numbers, good. Jeffrey. <sighs> yes. So, so much for my prep when I'm sabotaging and, myself. And, and here's, anyway. why that, here's why that fly ball number matters too, Jeff, because, you know, we are starting to run into the time of the year where at Great American Ballpark, the fly ball okay. is going to fly. It is going to be mm-hmm. jumping. He's got to get that ball down on the ground much, much more yeah. than he has. Yeah, he's been lucky. That's the only thing that he's been lucky in this point is the fact that only 8% of the fly balls that he's given up have turned into home runs. That is a unsustainable rate. That's something mm-hmm. that's going to come up, which is crazy to think that to this point, the one thing that has luck has uh, had an effect on is the fact that he's given up less home runs than he probably should have. So that's a little bit worrisome when you're talking about bad Vlad. Oh, we're doing that. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Here's here's probably the big takeaway is that if the Reds had somebody to replace him with right now, he'd be replaced. Uh, I think he's got another opportunity or two to try and get things right. And this is something, and we're not going to harp on this a lot because we've talked about it a lot, but this is something where roster construction comes into play and it's not been constructed very well. So the fact that he is still in the rotation probably just means that there's nobody else to replace him. Uh, Steve, when it comes to um, this season, when we let's let's look ahead to when we'll be looking back on 2022. And when we look back on 2022, we'll see a lot of dubious records broken. 
if you want to keep your diet from being dubious, grab a Built Bar. Built Bar is the amazing protein-packed snack that is covered in 100% real chocolate. There's lots of baseball to be watching this summer. Plus, you've got the NBA playoffs. You've got the Stanley Cup playoffs. You're going to be watching some TV. I know it because I did it last night. And you know what happened? I grabbed for a bag of chips because I'm out of Built Bars. I need to put in an order. Grab yourself some Built Bar because it's going to satisfy that snacky feeling. It's going to give you that 100% real chocolate taste. It's also going to give you some amazing flavors like Cherry Barcia, like the Puffs. If you haven't tried a Puff yet, you got to get in on the puffs because they are 100% covered chocolate marshmallows that have protein. I don't even know how you put protein in a marshmallow, but Built Bar did it. Science. I talk about baseball. I'm not a science person, but I can tell you that they average 130 calories. They've got up to 18 grams of protein. They've got four grams of sugar or less and four grams of fat or less. Check them out today. That's built.com. Plus, I got a promo code for you. You'll save some money. Locked 15. 15% off will come, or 15% will come off your order. You should probably plan that thought out more. Built.com and the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. Built.com. All right, Steve. Uh, make sure, by the way, you're following Steve on Twitter, at S. Offenbaker. He's got two Fs in his name. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And then Locked On Reds, well, that doesn't have any Fs at all, but Locked On Reds, all one word. You can find that all on Twitter. And make sure you're subscribed right here on YouTube. All right. I'm so glad people can't see my face when you're doing ad reads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that I tripped up over that one. Oh, um, yes, you did. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that, was, that was not good. Um, speaking of tripping up and not being good, the Reds, uh, they're probably going to be pretty dubious this year. We're talking about a franchise that for the entirety of its existence has had one 100 lost team. I think we might be putting that in jeopardy this year and who knows about next year as well. We're, this is a thing that I know that the, the future is bright. 2024 we're looking to is bright, but as of right now, as of 2022, Things are looking rough, Steve, because they're mired in the middle of a 11-game losing streak on the road. Last night was their 11th straight loss on the road. Do you know what their all-time losing streak is when I it comes to... I don't. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> I looked it up. 1933. They lost 19 straight road games. And based on the prowess of Freddy Peralta, the worry of Vladimir Gutierrez. I'm a little bit worried that they're not going to stop that losing streak tonight. And we're going to get to 12. You could probably be right. And listen, I know we're talking about a hundred losses in a season, Jeff, and everybody then looks to 1982 with the 101 loss season. And, uh, that team that lost 101 games hit 250 on the year with a 660 OPS and a team ERA of 3.66. Um, the Reds are far from that right now, but I'm going to tell you why right now. I do not think they're going to lose a hundred games. Oh, okay. I like that. The team that the Reds have on the field right now is their four a team from I 75. Um, that is <laughs> the team that's playing right now. The team that currently sits on the injured list was a team that you and I believed with our wallets was going to win 74 games. 
So when that team comes back, I think they win more baseball games. Now, it's not going to be enough to turn the season around. It's not going to be enough to fulfill Nick Kroll's dreams of a, a miraculous playoff spot in 2022. It's not even going to be enough to get our money back. But it is going to be enough to prevent them from losing 100 games in a baseball season. And it's going to be interesting because depending on the gap of uh, games won to games lost, they are in danger of knocking the franchise's all-time win-loss record below 500. Currently, they sit 20 games over 500 for the entirety of their existence. Uh, so if they have a gap of bigger than 20 games, at least that's how I'm thinking of my math. Maybe it's no, because right now they're 17. So, OK, so if it's worse than 37 games, if they are 37 games under 500 this year, they will have officially put in their self at 500 for their entirety of their. Ex- let's let's let that point hit home. For just a second, when you talk about the Cincinnati Reds, everybody wants to talk about this franchise with a storied history and the big red machine and 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 all of, you know, the birthplace of professional baseball and all of the things that get said when you talk about the Cincinnati Reds. Understand the point that that you just made, Jeff. This team is in danger of its existence. Being a loser. And that's that's something because you're talking about all of the things that people love about the Reds being so far in the past that now even those people, even the folks who can claim the big reg machine that they got to see that team play day in and day out are now looking at this team and saying, I don't know if I can watch them. I don't know if I can keep the television tuned into this game because they are just so hard to watch and that starts without getting too much into it that does start at the top because as reds content plus kind of pointed out this is not an issue of being cheap this is issue of the ownership not getting out of the way and meddling and changing the plan before the plan really has any chance to take fruition i mean we're talking about a team that has already lost 11 games in a row this year which is the fifth longest losing streak in franchise history something about that number 19 which sucks because that's joey Votto's number and that's an awesome number but again 19 is the longest overall losing streak that the reds have endured in their history and that was back in uh the seminal year of 1914 that they lost 19 in a row that's we're, we're talking about some things that have not happened for a very 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 long time I don't think they'll lose 19 in a row. I, that, that, you have to be real bad, real, real bad to do that. And you're, they're playing teams like the Pirates coming up. There's going to be some chances to get the, in the win column and kind of get some momentum building toward, you know, avoiding that 100 loss number. And I agree with you. I think that they will. But are we it'll talking be, about it'll be close. Loss? No, yeah, it, yeah. It, it will be close. I mean, like, just don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, this these injured players are going to come back and there's going to be this miraculous run. Now, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if it was, and, but I'm trying to be realistic. I think what comes back from the injured list is good enough to keep them from losing the 100 games. But could they lose 90? Yeah, they could lose 90 games. I could see that. Yeah, because we're talking about a pause on the sophomore performance of Jonathan India. We're still waiting for him and that hamstring to be 100% healthy. 
Uh, we're talking about a pause on whether or not Jose Barrero can be the shortstop of the future that we all think he can be because still haven't heard anything about him. I'm hoping I have news. I have news. I uh, had a conversation with Charlie Goldsmith out in uh, covering the Reds beat. And so Jose Barrero is actually playing in games out in Goodyear um, at the spring training complex. Uh, He started, he started fielding, he started hitting. uh, So it looks like uh, he is on track probably another couple weeks, but he is actually doing baseball things right now out in Arizona. Good, because it, it, it's clear to me that Kyle Farmer is holding his spot. And Kyle Farmer, hopefully, like we have said in the past, will move over to third base. He's currently mired in one heck of a hitting slump as well. I think he's like oh for his last 16 or 17 or something like that. So hopefully he can bounce back from that. But overall, I want to see him at third, and I want to see Barrero at short, and I want to see Moose at DH. Um if, if anywhere at all. But I think that Moose is bouncing back, and I love seeing that as well. That There's a lot of takes right in there. But overall, yes, a healthy Reds team is going to be a lot better. It's just their depth has been tested super early, and it's very obvious the depth is not there. Well, Jeff, I think the bottom line with the 2022 Reds is we can forget the playoffs. We can forget the over-under win totals for the year. That's out. <sighs> And the, the question that is left is, will this be the second Reds team in franchise history to lose 100 games or not? And, and as on, of May the 4th, we're both saying no. We're both saying no. Uh, and that, while depressing, will probably be a good spot to go ahead and wrap it up for today. Uh, that will do it for this edition of Locked on Reds. Coming up on the next podcast, we will give you the information on what you can expect from Hunter Green in Milwaukee as we hope he comes out and finds the 100 mark on the radar gun once again. Uh, thank you so much for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. Now make Locked on MLB your second listen. Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully, uh, gives you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. The Locked On MLB podcast is just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all podcasting platforms. Jeff, they might lose 100 games. You and I might be in the starting rotation before the season's over, and we have no idea what records are going to be broken. But what can people count on from us? They can count that you and I will be locked on Reds every single day. And you know what, Steve? They can count on tomorrow. There's going to be one segment that's all positive. We're not going to say anything negative. That's coming tomorrow. We got one all positive segment coming up for you on tomorrow's podcast. (laughs) 